Hello from beautiful Vancouver Island and welcome to the podcast series Soul Conversations with me, Mia. I have created it in honor of your journey of expansion, personal growth, transformation and awareness. Each episode highlights a challenge we often face and the advantage of understanding it. It also sheds a light on why we reliably show up from ego and fear rather than from love and authentic self. I hope you enjoy and remember to subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode that I've created for you called I'm a Fraud, Are You? And I'd like to start by sharing that we all suffer from something called imposter syndrome or fraud syndrome at some point in our lives. Depending on our personalities, some of us struggle with it more than others, but most people experience it at one time or or another. Unless, of course, you're Donald Trump. (laughs) Um, I have definitely, without a doubt, experienced bouts of uh, feeling like a fraud, you know, like seriously, a lot. For example, um, let me think, when I spoke on the main stage at World Fitness Expo, about nutrition and weight loss, I was like, what the hell do I know? I'm not a dietitian, but I did. Or when I was accepted as a digital marketing specialist with Catalyst Plus recently, which I'm not and never purported to be a digital marketing specialist. Or every time I do a live teaching, I think to myself, who the hell do I think I am to tell anyone anything? Or when I wrote a book or opened a business or became a coach, or created a po- this podcast. I was super resistant to creating a podcast because I kept thinking, what do I have to say? And who the hell is going to listen to me ramble on? But as of today, well over a thousand downloads have been listened to. So apparently I've really got the listeners tricked. And that's just it. With imposter syndrome, we think we're lying to people or pulling the wool over their eyes or it's just a matter of time before I get caught or they figure it it out. That I'm not good enough for this job or this promotion, this husband, this raise, this money, this life. You can fill in the blanks. And here's the thing, the correlation between imposter syndrome and I'm not good enough is a very, very short straight line. So the Wikipedia definition of imposter syndrome is a feeling of inadequacy even when a person is successful in their field. It can make people feel like they do not deserve their success and are not as talented as others. And this isn't um, an exclusive club in terms of careers. It can be found in parenting or athletics or relationships or success as well as many other areas of life. So I wonder where it comes from. If you've listened to some or a lot of my podcasts, the answer to that will be the same as so many other human breakdown strategies. And it starts with our thinking and our beliefs. So imposter syndrome is considered to be a form of cognitive distortion, which is when the brain develops a faulty connection over time due to our experiences in life to date. And this faulty connection, in this case, referencing imposter syndrome, can cause people to doubt their skills and their accomplishments, as well as doubting other people's high regard for them. So where does this cognitive distortion come from? Well, the first and most obvious place is your family environment, sadly. 
If you experienced um, parents or other family members who put an overabundance of emphasis on achievement or were overly critical, say, this is a fertile environment for imposter syndrome to grow. As an example, I recently chatted with a gentleman who shared that when he was young, he once got a, a, a report card with straight A pluses and one A. And his father was beside himself because of the A. So he became a highly anxious, overachieving perfectionist with a deep-rooted case of imposter syndrome. The second is social pressures, where friends or social groups make it clear that your value and your worth are directly connected to your achievement or your success or your money. And these friends or social groups are important to you, so you do what you need to do like being a, a member of an elite membership that's solely based on money or status and not necessarily your personal values. The third is a sense of belonging. So part of imposter syndrome is the fear of being found out or cast out and rejected. Events from the past that made someone feel different or excluded, such as language or gender or ethnicity, maybe religion, all of those things can fuel the imposter phenomenon. And the person can carry that persistent sense of never belonging long after, you know, after they've grown up and the circumstances resolved. I, I have personal experience with this because I moved every two years as a child, which meant I was always on the outside looking in, which is a form of perceived rejection that can lead to imposter syndrome. And last is your inherent personality. So certain personality types are naturally more like to, likely to amplify feelings of pressure or self-doubt and failure. You know, people that are perfectionists or um, empaths or highly sensitive people. So a great example is someone who maybe has a really uncomfortable conversation with another person and then spends days or weeks or months ruminating about that conversation, everything they did wrong. All of this blended together creates a toxic mental and emotional cocktail of anxiety, a sense of inadequacy, feelings of self-doubt and not good enough, as well as feeling like a fraud. And all of that limits a person's ability to challenge themselves or step out of their comfort zone for fear of failing or being seen or not being good enough or all the things, all the human things. So it just really creates the reality that you're living as opposed to the desired reality you wish for. So we're going to take this one step further and identify the most common characteristics of imposter syndrome. The first being self-doubt on steroids. Not your average, you know, run-of-the-mill self-doubt um, that we all experience at some point or another, but massive self-doubt. Self which creates a heightened anxiety around your abilities and your ability to succeed, which, which often means we don't bother trying for fear of what if or perceived failure. The next characteristic is um, chronically undervaluing your contributions, your achievements and your, abil your abilities. So it's the old, oh, you know, it was nothing or I couldn't have done it with so-and-so or, you know, it was just luck. So really, really undervaluing your contributions. 
which is tied to the next one, which is attributing success to external factors that are beyond their control or your control, such as luck or coincidence or being at the right place at the right time or because so-and-so was there to help. These people have a really hard time accepting responsibility for their amazing work or for their contribution. My favorite characteristic is sabotaging self-success and it's my favorite because it's so utterly ridiculous and we, we all do it. This is when we go out of our way to ensure that we fail or that we at least don't succeed. So we quit, we hide, we lie, we avoid and so on. And the imposter phenomenon causes people to experience a diabolical fear of success. That was me years ago. They believe it is unattainable no matter how hard or how often they try to attain it. Success just simply is not meant for them. Or if they succeed, they're going to be seen and it comes with way too much responsibility. The next is setting really unrealistic expectations. Um, this creates a sensation that, you know, your best is just never enough. And this pushes people to set ridiculous, unrealistic standards uh, to accommodate for maybe their feeling of feelings of inadequacy um, when they do accomplish realistic, timely, complex and challenging goals. Another one is a deep fear of not living up to expectations. And this is often sprinkled with, with a very heavy dose of I'm not good enough, the old I'm not good enough. And then the last one is chronic burnout. So in order to overcome a belief of not good enough, sometimes individuals will push themselves excessively, which creates an overexpenditure of energy that makes work feel like a pressure cooker or a chore rather than a source of meaning or purpose. When this happens, um, a person will often lose their passion for what they're doing and experience a high level of burnout. Imposter syndrome is so common in today's over busy, high paced, overachieving lifestyle that research has actually identified five different forms of imposter syndrome. And I'm going to share an explanation of each of those, which I actually found on the Glamour magazine website. So the five are the perfectionist, the super person, the superhero person, the natural genius, the soloist, and the expert. The perfectionist, as the name indicates, um, this type has to be sure everything gets done with perfection. So achieving an outcome or completing a task is never enough. It always has to be done perfectly, which will often trigger uh, procrastination in this person as well. The perfectionist is always hungry for more success, better outcomes and higher prestige. And that perfectionism can often result in feeling unsatisfied no matter how much hard work they do and how ambitious or and ambitious, how ambitious goals they achieve. That was a stumbling block. Anyways, it's a way of controlling something when other areas of life uh, feel out of control. So what do you do if you're this? The most important approach for this group is to learn to accept their mistakes or to see them as an inevitable part of larger successes. So that whole making mistakes and failing is such a beautiful, there's always such an incredible lesson. 
So Glamour Magazine has suggested, and I kind of like this, to try tuning into the podcast, How to Fail with Elizabeth Day, which is a series that interviews celebrities on their three biggest failures, and in turn explains how they were crucial to their current success. Now, the underlying emotion of the perfectionist is often a fear of losing control. The next one is the superwoman man person, or it might be also referred to as martyr syndrome. And this type thrives on showing off their ability to take on a lot of work in a short period of time. And they're willing to work ridiculous number of hours to achieve the validation of their colleagues, managers, family members, whoever it happens to be. They're trying to prove they are capable of handling anything and everything. Just watch me. So what do you do if this is you? Well, it's, it's great to try to learn to resist that lure of external validation as the measure by which you gauge your self-worth and instead to draw some really healthy boundaries between um, work and private time, um, work and self-care, work and you time, priorities. Um, finding other ways to define your identity beyond success, maybe through hobbies or, or different routines, is a really great way to ease the pressure that comes with this kind of imposter syndrome. And generally the underlying emotion is a lack of self-worth. The third one, the third type of imposter syndrome is the natural genius. And this type of imposter thrives on being so quick and slick and getting things done. They believe that they got it right the first time. So feedback cycles, critique or rework, it feels very threatening for this person because if they didn't get it right the first time and faster than anyone else, then that's a perceived failure for them. They often put minimal effort into the work, yet they often succeed. This pattern of sort of minimal effort and good results is likely pervasive throughout all areas of their lives. They never have to put in the extra work until they never have to put in extra work until they have to put in extra work. So if this sounds like you, the natural genius um, would benefit from focusing on seeing themselves as a work in progress. You never get there. Think about people with skills you admire and consider. Consider the journey that they've undertaken to get to where they are, such as a, you know, a talented musician. One, you know, once they picked up an instrument, they weren't able to play a note. Um, and it was practice and failing and trying that allowed them to improve their skills and become the talented musician they are. Very often the underlying emotion around the natural genius, again, is a shame of failing. All those same things. The rugged individualist or the soloist is type four. So does asking for help trigger your imposter syndrome? Or maybe do you struggle to see something as a success unless you've achieved it by yourself? This could be an indication that you're a soloist or a rugged individualist. And these kinds of imposters struggle to reach out when they need assistance as they feel getting help with a task invalidates their contribution or shows that their own skill set is in some way lacking. I've always said that um, knowing when to ask for help is a vital skill, not only in work, but in life too. So, um, you know, a great strength is knowing your weakness. 
So asking for help is never a weakness. In fact, knowing ourselves well enough to understand when help is required can be one of our greatest strengths. It's far more efficient, you know, really to ask for help with a task than it is to spend twice as long struggling through it by ourselves or reinventing the wheel. The underlying emotion around this type is um, not worthy and failing. And the fourth type, which is the expert, um, probably prefers to spend time researching and gathering as much information as possible before they start a new project. Um, they like to come into something new from a position of knowledge and expertise. And they spend a lot of time looking for ways to improve their skill set or undergo extra training just to ensure that they have all the knowledge necessary to come into that arena as an expert. However, this drive to become an expert can trigger imposter syndrome, which holds them back from applying for jobs if they don't meet all the criteria in the description, rather than just saying, ah, oh, screw it, I'm gonna apply even though I don't have blah, 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 or preventing them from speaking up in a seminar because they're afraid that their answer won't be perfectly informed. I might look like an idiot. Uh, I look like an idiot all the time when I speak up in public. So what do you do if this is you? A really interesting thing is to move away from hoarding knowledge and instead just kind of learning on the go can be a good way to challenge the behaviors that trigger feeling like an imposter. Know that inherently you've got a lot of information that's residing within you. And recognizing that you're capable of improvising and learning knowledge in a shorter time frame will always instill you with greater confidence in your abilities and develop your sense of worth, self-worth. So if those very often, um, the imposter syndrome isn't just one of those characteristics, it's, um, or types, sorry, it might be more than one of, you might have one or two of those types showing up. So the last thing I wanted to do today was to share just a few techniques, simple techniques to help you manage imposter syndrome. I mean, coaching is one of them. We do, I do a lot of work. This isn't a sales pitch. I'm just saying that imposter syndrome is a big part of the work that I do um, because so many people do show up with it and really need understanding it, recognizing where it came from and how you strategize it is a really powerful way of it basically losing its power. So the first thing, first technique is to reflect and remind yourself what you're proud of. So imposter syndrome often causes people to minimize their achievements or even disregard them altogether. I often get people to do a I am proud of journal or I'll do it with them where I'll ask them to finish that statement. I am proud of and they can finish it in any way they want. And it's amazing when they start writing down what they are proud of, how many things that they remember, oh, I, know, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, what, yeah. So it's a great way to focus on your accomplishments and remind, remind yourself why you are qualified for whatever that role is that you're thinking you're an imposter syndrome in. Instead of explaining away your successes as luck, um, it's valuable to write down why you achieved that success. Writing things down often clears your mind and helps you to recognize your accomplishments. 
And then you don't, I mean, if you're shy, you don't have to share that with anybody. You can just share it with yourself. I am proud of. The second technique is to share how you feel because imposter syndrome is so common. You're just not alone in dealing with these feelings of self-doubt, but it can be very isolating um, when we keep those feelings to ourselves and it can be very detrimental to your mental well-being, which absolutely causes imposter syndrome to just grow stronger and bigger and more difficult to deal with. So talking to people that you trust can help you to refocus and provide a fresh perspective to the true value you bring to whatever it is, your relationship, your company, your job, whatever. The third one, such an important one, is stop comparatitis. With the um, pervasive nature of social media, people spend hours comparing themselves to all these glossy versions of people that they're presenting on social media. And comparing yourself to others will very often damage your confidence, especially if you're already experiencing imposter syndrome. It can be so easy to focus on other people's successes while completely ignoring your own. But let's face it, we have no idea what the circumstances are of other people and it's likely not as glossy as you're thinking. The example that popped right into my head in this very moment is Twitch, um, who is the most beautiful, happy, loving, successful person with a beautiful family who took his own life. And here on social media, we thought his world was everything perfect. The next technique is to celebrate your successes. I do this very often with clients uh, because they very often won't do it with other people. I will get them to at least celebrate their own success with themselves. So the next time you feel like you have contributed to something, a project, a task, a relationship, whatever it happens to be, take the time to celebrate it either with your team or your loved ones or even just yourself. We spend so so much of our time listening and believing to all the crap about ourselves and completely negating the accomplishments. So there is imposter syndrome in a nutshell. I struggle with it from time to time and so do most other people. It's part of the human process. So I would love to encourage you to shine a light on it so it loses its power over you which in turn will allow you to shine so bright, just like you were meant to. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soul Conversations with Mia. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate and follow the show. Maybe even click on the bell icon to turn on notifications so you, so you get dinged when each new episode is released. And if you'd like to reach me personally, you can visit me at miajarrett.com or you can always find me on Instagram and Facebook.